Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? <coughs> mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, Parenting is full of challenges, but one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Today, I am joined by two incredible guests. Evelyn Mandel is a licensed mental health counselor. She founded Hatch and Bloom as a resource for parents who want to parent with the purpose of raising confident, accepted, and resilient children. And I am also joined by Erin Morrison from The Conscious Mom. She is a certified conscious parenting coach with two master's degrees in psychological counseling, and she was trained at Columbia University. Welcome, ladies. Hi, Tara. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm yeah. so excited to have you both here. I've interviewed both of you at different times on Instagram Lives, and you're two of my favorite people on the planet. And I said, let's come together and chat about all things parenting. But today, the one thing that we're really breaking down, the one modern mom problem that we are discussing is parental information overload. So much information all the time, everywhere, whether it's digital information, information from your families, your parents, your neighbors, all of those things. Erin, there are so many experts. There's books, there's family members, there's co-parents, there's your aunt, there's the lady down the street, there's the lady at the supermarket. Everyone's telling us the right way to parent. And it feels overwhelming, right? I'm overwhelmed, you're overwhelmed, and it makes us question ourselves. How can we weed through all of this information? Oh my goodness. That's such a good question. And it's true. Even no matter who you are, you get bombarded with information starting first and foremost from your family, right? The way that your family raised you. And then you have your co-parent or your partner and they have a way that you should parent. And then let's forget about how beautiful social media is because of all the resources we have. But then there's the other side, which just information overload. And so how we weed through, and especially in the practice of conscious parenting and consciousness, is about getting more connected to ourselves. So what does that mean? Essentially, when we're connected to ourselves, we understand what's going on inside of us. We know how we are feeling and what feels right to us. But for most of us, we're disconnected from that feeling. We are so influenced by the many facets in our lives, right? Our families, our friends, our society. And so we get lost and we are so unsure of ourselves. So getting more connected to the self, kind of tapping more into your feelings and understanding what's going on in the moment. I know that sounds really vague, but that is essentially how I help my parents figure out what works best for them. And so in, in the consciousness parent, in conscious parenting world, and there's so many beautiful areas of parenting that you can learn about. It's really not about a specific thing. It's not about 
being a certain way. It's just about being yourself and being comfortable in your skin. And I think that's the most important part, learning to trust yourself and getting comfortable in your skin. And then you can start to make those choices. And so I tell my parents, typically think of parenting as a buffet, right? You're going to a buffet, you're looking at everything there. Some things look really great. Take one of the pieces Try it out. If you like it, take some more and that works perfect. But if you don't like it, put it back, throw it in the trash, leave it for somebody else. And that's fine too, right? There's no one size fits all for parenting. So that's, you know, right off the bat, what I would say, get more connected to yourself and treat parenting and methods and styles like a buffet. It's a good thing to remember. I like that. That's an easy (laughs) thing to remember. Like how can someone get more connected with themselves? I feel like so many times now in like modern society, we're sort of like alienated from ourselves. So how could like one start to, I don't know, listen to themselves more? No, absolutely. And I think it's just in the moment, right? Let's, I want to give an example of like when your child's having a, a tough moment, right? That's, that's the hardest time to get connected to yourself, but I'm going to give you that example. So in the moment your child is, is upset. Let's say you said, we can't have more ice cream. We've already had one ice cream. Your child's screaming, they're upset. And all of a sudden you start to feel anxious. Maybe you feel angry. How could they do that? But Getting in tune with that feeling is what I advise parents to do. It's like, what's swirling around inside of you right now? Sure, you feel angry, but what else is there? Do you feel like no one listens to you? Do you feel like no one appreciates you? No one respects my boundaries? Like Those types of statements help you connect to what's going on inside of yourself. Now, now that's kind of like in the extreme situation, but another way to just get connected to yourself is find a tiny moment of silence and just start paying attention to the breath, which you know some would say is meditation. So that is on the simple side of how we can start to get connected to ourselves. Just pay attention to where do, you, where do you feel your heartbeat? Where do you feel your breath the most? Where do you see the rise and fall? So that's in more like the mindfulness and the meditation part. But again, connectedness to your feelings is really what most of us are missing. Because when I talk to parents, I say, how are you feeling? And it's usually either like, okay, happy, or angry, or sad. It's like such limited range of feelings. And really, we have so many more emotions and feelings that are going on inside of us. Do you think that they don't, they as the parents sometimes don't have the right words to use? Like just as our children don't have the right words to use to describe those feelings? Absolutely. I think that that can be a huge part of it, but also that we've just, we're so used to pushing our feelings down. We're used to sort of, you know what? I don't have time to feel. I ha- I just have time to do. I want to go. I want to, you know, start checking things off my endless to-do list. And so we have no time to feel. And we also, you know, sometimes, actually not sometimes, I think most of us believe that our feelings are an inconvenience. Like think about how inconvenient your child's big feelings feel, right? But it wouldn't feel as inconvenient if we actually thought our feelings mattered too, right? So a lot of times parents say, how do I feel more compassionate towards my child? How do I feel more empathy for my child? Well, you have to feel it for yourself too. And I think that, like you said, we don't really have the names for our emotions because, or how to identify our feelings. And Evelyn, I'm sure you can share all about this. It's because we are so used to suppressing them and pushing them down so that we could just continue on doing and doing and going. And that's okay because sometimes we need, we can't just sit around and feel our feelings all day long and not get things accomplished. But we do have to acknowledge our feelings and let them out sometimes because as we know, when we don't do that, they come out in 
random moments that we had no idea that we were going to explode or they, you know, they kind of manifest through our bodies, right? Headaches and different sort of ailments and things of that nature. So yeah, absolutely. We, we do need to learn to work more on, gosh, what am I feeling right now? And whatever that is, that's okay, right? It's valid and that's all right. And it comes and it goes. And and that, and I always, I'm just going to jump in here. I, this is why I say kids are, they do feelings, right? They know their feelings. That's, that's the funny part, right? They're really good feelers of feelings, you know, and something happens along life where you kind of get lost as, as maybe they're suppressed for you, or they're sort of dismissed for you. I think that we lose track of doing that for ourselves. We don't know how to do that for ourselves anymore. But initially, kids are really good at their feelings. They know they're they're the ones that we can learn from, which is like the best part. <laughs> I love that. That's so true because because my son tends to have big feelings, and and I think somewhere along the line, there's so much like pressure on these children to like push that down, you know, don't cry, keep it together. All of those things that whether they hear that from school or whomever, that, you know, when we grow up to become adolescents and then adults, then it's all kind of just squashed down there. So maybe we should just be more like four-year-olds and just kind of (laughs) get it out there. Right? (laughs) I know. No, we do. We learn so much from them. It's so funny too, right? Think about the parents that come to us, Evelyn. They're, they want to learn how to be more in touch with themselves and connect to themselves, maybe be more in the moment, experience their feelings. That's literally everything our children do, right? Think about how in the moment children are. They're always, they're, they're just here in the now. And so I think that's why the, the parent-child relationship is so beautiful, right? We're teaching them how to care for themselves, you know, how to live in this world, but they're here to show us how to get more connected to the self, get connected to the moment, enjoy things, play. I mean, it's just, it's, it, that's why it's such a beautiful relationship. If we allow it, right. If we allow both parties to be teachers. I love that. I I think that for me personally, with my son, I often let him teach me more than I try to teach him. I I try to teach him, I don't know about like rules of society, you know, maybe to say please and (laughs) thank you and to be helpful and stuff like that. But he teaches me so much more. He teaches me about listening. He teaches me about patience and respect and all of those things, I think. And and that's really what builds a strong relationship between the two of us. And so I, I think that's important to keep in mind. Evelyn, going back to information overload, how can this information overload impact our parenting in a negative way? Yeah, it can be pretty detrimental, I think. So here are things that I see parents struggling with, with, you know, the concept of, of overload and too much, I call it noise. There's noise everywhere, right? And it's very hard to quiet the noise. So things that I'm seeing are definitely huge amounts of self-doubt, a lack of confidence. And even more than that, I would say like judgment and shame, which is even the worst, right? So I feel like we have our intuition. We really do. It's just that it gets really cloudy and it gets very noisy out there. And then it gets harder and harder to reach it. Like kind of what Aaron was saying, if we, if we're so disconnected from ourselves and to a point where you have heard so much and sometimes you have, you know, you have stronger opinions than others that I think are very influential and you're second guessing yourself all the time. And then that intuition, like it's, you don't even know what it says anymore. It's like the compass is broken. You're like, I don't really know what feels good to me anymore. I don't know if this is, 
in the best interest of my child anymore? Does this work for my family? And so this is all just creating a lot of shame in parents. And I, and I see things, you know, and I look, I think that most of the things that we see on parenting on social media and on all these platforms are definitely well-intentioned and they want to help. And, but without realizing it, a lot of times these things end up causing their, their parent shaming a lot of times, right? So it's like, if you don't do it this way, then you're a bad parent. It doesn't say that explicitly, but that's the underlying it's inferred. <laughs> yeah, that's the underlying feeling that a parent walks away with. And, you know, then that then their parent-child relationship can suffer from that, right? Because what we know is that what your child most needs from you is a parent who's present, who's loving, who's accepting. That's really what they most need. Like I I guarantee you that the the, ch- the children who co-slept or didn't, or the ones who breastfed or didn't, or the ones who had baby led weaning when they started eating solids or like mine had like purees from like earth's best, you know, I said I was going to be the one that like pureed every single one of her vegetables. And that lasted, I think half a day. That's it. I guarantee you that all of these kids are okay. Right. And so it almost feels like when we read these things, everything almost feels like so magnified and so urgent. And like, if we don't follow script exactly this way, like we're damaging our kids. And so that is a very, very big weight to carry as a parent. Right. And so, and I think it, it does the complete opposite of really what my mission is with parents, which is to parent confidently. That's what your kids need. They need to feel like you are confident in taking charge and containing and helping them regulate and leading them right in this way. And when things don't go perfectly, that is okay. I love when things don't go perfectly. That is a lesson in itself, right? There's beauty in the mess. So you got, you can try something and be like, okay, that's not for me. Let me try something differently. Or this didn't work for my child. Let's try something else. But I feel like parents are just getting stuck and and feel like almost paralyzed by all of this information. And a lot of the information contradicts itself. So they're just overwhelmed. Like I really don't, I heard this and now I'm hearing this and I just really don't know what to do. So I think it's causing the self-doubt and then eventually leading them down a road of shame where they just don't feel good enough. It's true. Like I always, now I'm speaking from a place of a veteran parent because my son is nine and a half, right? And so, uh, not that he's like so grown up, but you know, I've been a parent for a while now. And I could honestly say that my perspective has shifted so much because when he was first born, I was like a ball of anxiety. There's BPA in the bottles and you can't breastfeed and all of these things like that, you know, whether it's modern society or whatever you want to call it, is putting this pressure on you and you think that it is absolutely paramount in raising your child to do all of the right things and hit all of those points and sleep train the right way and eat the right way and puree the food the right way. Guess what? I also, I pureed my son's baby food with organic (laughs) carrots from Gourmet Garage. And guess what he eats now? Doritos and potato chips (laughs) all the time. And you know what? He's fine. And, And so it's one of those things that I think only with the benefit of time can you see sometimes that all of that stuff, so much of that stuff doesn't really matter. 
so much of that stuff that, you know, I was losing sleep over, you know, just the smallest of things. And really, whether it was co-sleeping or, you know, nursing or any of those things. And when you just let it go, and then like Erin said, like you trust your gut on things, it makes parenting so much easier. I don't even look to Google anymore for things. I don't even look to books for things. I mean, granted, again, he's nine, so it's not quite you're not looking to hit those developmental milestones that maybe you are when your children are, are one, two, or three. But once you sort of like give in to the fact of like, my child is who he is. He is not me. I am an individual. He is an individual. I respect him. He respects me. And that way we sort of just both move forward together. I think that's when parenting really opens up. A hundred percent. And the the other thing I would add there too besides like actual professional parenting help platforms would be even just other parents on social media, I think also affect us because remember, we're seeing these like very curated, filtered moments that proud parents are showing. And we, even though we know this, our brain sort of forgets it. And so there's this entire kind of comparison rabbit hole that like you can get sucked into. And then feel defeated a lot of the time. Like, oh, look how, you know, this person's doing this. Look how that mom is able to do that. Like, I can't even take a shower. (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeing, you know what I mean? Like, I remember seeing these like Pinterest, like such glamorous birthday parties. And just watching that made me tired. And I'm like, I feel like, no, like my child's going to have like a Publix cake and that's a Florida supermarket. And that cake is really good, by the way, you know, and we're going <laughs> to simplify, but it's, you can feel defeated a lot. There's just, even just when it's not professional resources or family or, or anybody telling you directly, we just, I think the exposure we have to the parenting lives of other people also affect us in like a more subtle way too. Yeah, it's true. I think you're right. It is sort of that like subtle exposure that we see time and time again, whether it's Pinterest or Instagram or Facebook, whatever it happens to be, we see those and we think, oh, well, that's normal. Oh, you know, everyone makes bento boxes for their children (laughs) for lunch. You know, everyone's making little bunnies out of their, you know, sun butter sandwiches or different things like that. So it definitely sort of comes insidious. Yeah, go ahead, Erin. I was going to say, and I'm on the other end of the, on the other end of the spectrum with you, Evelyn, because I was the Pinterest. I used to be the Pinterest mom, right? I did put together all the big parties and actually on both sides, right? On my side, that was all coming from a sense of not enoughness, right? That was the sense of that I wasn't going to be a good enough mom or the birthday wasn't going to be good enough. And I can't tell you, I mean, those parties were beautiful, but I wasn't as happy as I am now today with my you know, grocery cake. And it's not because the elaborate things and the beautiful things aren't right. It's that my motivation there was coming from a place of not enoughness. And so, but on both ends, it's there, right? You're looking at it feeling like you're not enough, but that person that's doing it might be feeling that same way too, which is why it goes back to that, like connectedness to yourself. It's like, I think every time I'm doing something now, I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, what's, what, why do I feel called to do this? Is this, does this feel right for me in this moment? Or, or is it coming from another place of me thinking that I'm not enough? And, and that question of, is this coming from a place of enoughness that very much transfers onto our child, right? Cause if we feel like we're not enough, we are also, we have those glasses on and we're looking at our children through that same lens 
And so often I say, are you looking at your child for for who they are or for who they aren't. And that's the same thing to us, right? Are you looking at yourself as a mom for who you are or who you're not? And that's such an important, you know, distinction because a lot of times it's just about who we're not. We so forget all the awesome things we did, like actually be present for your daughter's birthday because you just had to go to the supermarket to, to get a cake. You didn't have to plan for weeks and yes, ignore and, her. And you know, and I love that, Erin, and that's absolutely right. And, and again, everybody, I think kind of, does their their thing because they're doing their best and they think that's what's going to make them and their child and their family happy, right? And and I know that that it comes from a really good place, but sometimes it doesn't actually feel good for the person in the end. And you're and you're absolutely right about checking in with that motivation for why you're doing things and what's the agenda there. And sometimes it's funny because it's not even that's not even what the children want sometimes, right? So I remember like having like my daughter's second birthday and we had like, I don't know, 40 people there. And she had no friends when she was two, obviously. So it was all my, my people. And she had probably the worst day of her life. She, everyone invaded her home. She, she was a person that was like, so slow to warm up. We all sang happy birthday. She cried through the whole song. Like it wasn't her, it wasn't about her. Right. And I had like a big moment of reflection after being like, I don't even, I didn't even do this for her. This was for me as my role as mom to, to do that check mark. I had the big birthday party. I invited everybody. Everybody could see, you know, they were all part of it. But you're right. It's it's like having to be able to to check in with our motivation and what we're projecting onto our kids is huge. And I think that's a huge help in connecting with yourself, like what you were saying in the beginning. This podcast is brought to you by Citizens of Sound, a podcast production agency committed to developing and launching shows with gravity and depth. From conception to launch, Citizens will partner with you every step of the way, whether you're an actor, business owner, doctor, fitness coach, influencer, or simply a hobbyist. Citizens offers everything from conception to branding, editing to mixing, and publishing to management. Jump on board with Citizens of Sound and start your own podcast today. Go to citizensofsound.com and follow them on Instagram. That, that's a huge thing. That happened with us with my son's, I think it was his fourth or fifth birthday. You know, we had a huge birthday party. He, When we sang, he hid underneath the table. I was super embarrassed that he's like embarrassed. And then we got in the car and he had a balloon and as he was getting in the car, he accidentally let go of the balloon. And then it was just like nuclear bomb went off. Aww. And my husband and I looked at each other and we were like, that's it. That's the, that's the last time that we're going to do that. And he was, you know, too amped up and it wasn't for him. Like you said, he, you know, uh, when you said about your daughter, like she had a terrible time, like my son had a terrible time and we said that was it. And so sometimes, you know, it takes five years of birthday parties uh -huh. to, to learn that <laughs> lesson, but eventually you do. And, and you ask, who am I doing this for? Am I doing it for them or am I doing it for, for me? And I think that's a really important question that parents should ask themselves. And that applies not just for birthday parties, but maybe for sports and other extracurricular activities. And when you're pushing your kids to do well, you know, academically or play the violin or whatever it happens to be, you have to ask yourself, is this for their benefit or am I doing this to fill a hole in me somewhere? Yes, Tara. <laughs> 
Your child is not, this is, you're preaching to the choir here. We love, we love hearing this. This is our, this is our jam. (laughs) I love that. I always say your child's not your resume. Your child's not your trophy. Your child doesn't even represent your family. You remember that you represent this family. It's like, well, yeah, I'm a part of the family, but no, I'm not an accessory, right? I am an individual and a whole person. So yeah, absolutely. We get so caught up in our child being, you know, everything we couldn't be. And if I played baseball, then they're going to play baseball, right? And I got into this amazing school, so you're going to get into this amazing school. Or I didn't do these things, so now you're going to do it and you're going to live through me. So, oh, yes, totally. And I think our generation of moms are starting, and parents are really starting to get more in check with. I see that a lot. There's a lot more awareness and I think a lot more willingness to be introspective and like reflect. I really do. Like that's, that's a beautiful thing I'm seeing. How do you think that people, is it more of stopping that sort of generational cycle or how do you think that people are tapping into noticing like, Hey, wait, that doesn't seem right. Is it because they suffered from that themselves? So, I mean, I, I, I see a lot of moms and parents who were raised by baby boomers, right? And I think that generation of parents were all about giving their children, giving us the life that they didn't have, right? Like very much into the material, into the form-based things. And, and not, not that that's a bad way, right? Giving us the education, giving us, you know, a home, food on the table, all the things that so we don't have to worry about that foundation if we were lucky enough to be raised, you know, by parents like that. So I think so much of that was based on achievement and things, you know, money, success, status. And again, it's not that that's bad. That's, that's so beautiful, right? To have that security. But I think that since we were raised with that and fortunate enough, I think we have this ability now to tune into the emotional side, into how we feel and how we identify. And we realize that all of that stuff is essential to feeling safe and secure, but it actually doesn't define us. And so I think now that we're parents, we see that if we are, again, fortunate enough to give them these stable things like, you know, the education and the house and all the things they need to live, then we start to focus in on, wait, that's not what it's all about, right? That's not, it's not just about performance or achievement. It's also about how we feel inside. And so I think that's why there's such a huge need and why we have people in our practices, right? Because they're starting to tap into that. But in order to do it, they have to start to heal from those things and and what that meant to them, right? Because if your parents so value education and success and you're not necessarily valuing it as much, it's hard to, that's hard to part, right? It's hard to sort of break away from that. And so I think, again, why I think it's, we have such a beautiful generation is because we're really starting to care and sort of make the distinction between who we are and what we do. And those two things are, are very different. Yeah. And the other thing I want to add to that I see is, well, I think that a lot of people now are familiar with em- emotional intelligence and being able to allow our kids to have a range of emotions. And because we're doing that more, we're more triggered by our kids' emotions. And I think that that's kind of opening a gateway to being, okay, how come I can't handle any of these feelings that, my- that are showing up in front of me? And that is opening doors for parents to be more reflective on like, what was it about their upbringing that, you know, what did they have to shut down or what was not sort of open and welcome for them? So I think there's another part of it too, which is just the child's behavior and experience in front of you really sort of opening your eyes to your own triggers too. 
Gosh, that's so interesting. hundred percent. Yeah. You must see that pretty often then, I would assume. Yep. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, you'll always be like, well, I was never allowed to do that. And, uh, and then we're like, okay, that, let's talk about that. There we go. I could have never, you know, spoken back to my parent or I could have never, you know, shown them this side. And so that, that invites an entire conversation about why, you know, how does that sort of make it really hard for you to be able to tolerate this in your child? But also what is it about that, that you feel like you need to shut down immediately and how that can be harmful to your child's well-being or showing him that, you know, you're not accepting all of them in that moment. So there, there are many things. And I think what Aaron said is absolutely true. I, I know I was raised, I think in a way that it felt, and I don't know if that's the way it was intended by them, but for me, the message I got was very achievement based, very much. So for me, success and happiness all lied in my grades and what I got into in career and, you know, and it was always achieving, achieving, achieving. And now I'm really trying to not do that with my daughter. And so when, when I see moments of her trying to be sort of perfect with grades or stuff like that, it's, it's, it's triggering to me in a different way because I can totally relate to her. I'm like, I relate, I relate, but also I can sense that anxiety that, that I kind of grew up with, if that makes sense. How can we like allay some of that anxiety? Like my son is, he wants everything to be perfect, right? He wants like, if he's writing something and he doesn't like the way it comes out, he'll crumple up the paper and throw it away. How can we help our children to allay some of that anxiety of perfectionism? It's a loaded one, Tara. It is. And it's it's off topic, but I just wanted to hear the answer. Okay, so I'll give you sort of my perspective on it. I'm actually seeing this a lot. This is one of the most common things that I'm seeing in kids nowadays or one of the most common sort of concerns that parents are having, which is really which is really interesting because if we're talking about this whole like notion of perfect parenting and how it feels really overwhelming, like it's you can see sort of the trickle down effect that that it's having on our kids as well. Look, I think that being able to teach our kids to tolerate the most uncomfortable feelings in the world, which part of them equal when I make mistakes, when I fail at something, when I'm, you know, something didn't go as expected. These sort of disappointment type feelings are a really, really big part of it. So being able, I would say one of the first things is like being able to sit in that feeling instead of trying to like remove it right away and redo it and and, and being able to teach them, this is something that everybody feels. It's something that we can cope with. And it's also something that doesn't determine you, right? So the other thing is it's very linked to like their self-worth. So like my mistakes are my failures. I'm not good enough. It's, it can just kind of go really, really deep. So I think there's a bit of creating a different sort of relationship with that with that anxiety of like, you know, achieving and succeeding, that you can help them create it in a little bit of a healthier way. And just talking about what, you know, nothing good, no growth comes out of perfection. It just doesn't. Right. So there are books, for example, for kids that I really love. I started reading a book with to my daughter since she was really little called Oops, a beautiful oops. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, but it's really nice. It's sort of like how mistakes can turn into a different drawings that are so beautiful in other ways. So it's being able to shift perspective a lot. And then lastly, I think is 
like this growth mindset sort of thing, right? Where it's not sort of like you are born with this fixed amount of traits. And if you know you don't get it right, you don't have it. It's this ability to, to think flexibly and think I can improve and you know, this is a process and learning is not just this linear thing, right? So it's, it's just all of these ideas, I think, that feel like misconceptions to me of how kids are seeing them too. We also don't want to rush to like, to like shut down that feeling for them, which I think is our instinct, right, Erin? Oh, a hundred percent. And, you know, with my parents again, I, so just like a, when I have parents come to me, it's always because their kids aren't listening and they're really struggling with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's generally what it is, or they don't feel connected to their child. And so as much as what I do is labeled as parenting, it's all about the parent, right? It's about the parent's experience. So to add on to what you said, Evelyn, it's about you taking a step back, not you, Tara, but everybody, you know, anyone that has a, this and Tara, you just called us on here. So we're both going to start to talk to you about your son's crumbling in the paper. No, I'm kidding. My, I have, I have a child that does that yeah, too. Me too. And so what I've had to do, I'm going to speak from my own experience instead of my clients. What I've had to do is take a step back and say, where has my child learned this from? Like, and now maybe I'm not crumbling up papers, but how do I handle disappointment how do I handle when things go wrong? Like, what is my experience and what does my child see? Now, again, it's never about mom guilt, blaming parents, but our children are a product of their environment, right? They're watching us. And so where in my life can I start to think about how I handle disappointment or when things don't go my way? And I think that's such a powerful thing to look at because then we can understand and start to model, like Evelyn said earlier, when things go wrong, it's actually wonderful because we can show our children what that's like. Look, oh my gosh. So for example, a love, a one I love to talk to parents about is being late and being in traffic, right? We can be in traffic. And this was me. I, I kid you not. I remember dropping my kids off. We live in an area and this, the road their school's on is super heavy traffic in the morning. And so, uh, you know, that song, like the horse is like, I tell you that was the song playing in my head. Oh my, we got to get to school. We got to get to school. We got to do this. Right. Like, and I felt so tense and I real and I also would take calls in the car. Like I was so frustrated and upset at the traffic that was there every day. Right guys, every day it was there. I think it was one of Dr. Shafali's books I was reading and she talked about traffic and how, oh my goodness, this is a moment actually where you can teach your children when things go wrong. It's not the end of the world. Yes, we could be late, but there's also some fun things. So now when we're late, I can't even tell you. My kids and I have so much fun in the car. I do freeze dance at the car with them. Sometimes we are like looking at different, you know, trees and looking at the sky and we're laughing. And I mean, it is just such a different experience because I realized that I was not handling disappointment and frustration in that morning routine. And again, I was modeling that for them. They're, they were coming into this world learning that mornings suck. Well, I mean, come on, right? Mornings <laughs> stay. They're not totally off. Yeah. yeah, they're not totally <laughs> off. I would love to sleep in longer. It never happens. I don't understand. No, but that morning stink. Mornings are stressful. And this is how we handle stress. We get upset and we like rage drive, right? Yeah, that's so me. again, I would just, yeah, <laughs> no way. Well, I, really? Yeah. So I want to just a quick antidote here because I, I hear you. First of all, I, 
I am, my name's Evelyn and I suffer from road rage sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I, I definitely do oh guilty, gosh. but my daughter, my daughter has been my anchor in the car. And it's been amazing because yes, if you model this and not just model it, but you help them through stress so much, they really start to get it. And so now she, she did this for me the other day, completely on her own, where I was, some guy wouldn't let me in, some typical Miami, you know, driver, whatever it is. And I probably, I got really heated, may or may not have cursed. Okay, sorry. And my daughter was literally like, mom, like maybe they're, you know, just looking at the, like, I think it was a slow driver. She's like, maybe they just really want to look at the view. It's really pretty. And I was like, my God, yes, it was a moment. Or like, she's like, or maybe they're lost. Like she was like, wow. Like being able to actually help me shift my perspectives, help me pause and help me in that moment where I wasn't handling something and I was making plenty of assumptions. Right. And so this is a moment where I knew like, she's getting it. And this doesn't mean that she doesn't deal. She doesn't deal this way every time that she's disappointed or upset. Right. But at the end of the day, like, I really believe like trust the process. They are getting it just because you don't see it all the time does not mean they're not learning. It does not mean they're not absorbing it. I really do trust that process. I know Erin does too. Yeah. When you see these moments, you're like, wow, they're like huge, powerful moments. But they're listening. They're always listening. They are. They are. They are. And so my daughter was the one that used to struggle with the, the crumpling of the paper. Oh my goodness. And it, it would kill me because I know that somehow, I knew somehow I, that's, that was me. But the other day her brother did something and he's like, oh, it's not perfect. And she goes, you know, there's no such thing as perfect. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you listen to me sometimes, yes. maybe one for some of the time. Yes. But yes, you're right. They do. They do pick up on it. And what, again, that's another example of like the beautiful relationship when we allow our children to teach us in those moments. It's so it's beautiful when that happens. And you're like, wow, I am doing something right. <laughs> yes, right? Exactly. <laughs> Trust your gut. If, if there's mm-hmm. one takeaway, yeah. I wanna, I'm going to ask both of you, what's your one takeaway about that? Oh, that was going to be mine. You stole it, but yeah, it is. Okay. So my, I have two, two takeaways. One will be that. So really, really trying to quiet the noise. It's so, so hard. It really is. But if you could really sort of picture yourself putting on noise canceling headphones and really sort of removing everybody around you, what would feel right for you, no matter what it is you're, you're dealing with. And the second thing, which I will always go to is your parent child's relationship. To me, there's, you can, this is what they need. They need a parent who is securely there, consistent, loving, warm, and sees them and accepts them for who they are. Like we said, not who they aren't and not who you want them to be. And also not for what they do, for who they are. And if you can do that and you can always sort of always kind of be like, okay, how can I like go back to my relationship? How can I go back to seeing my child for who they are? I feel like there's no wrong answer in that, you know? And, and that's, that's my takeaway, Aaron. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, this is great. I want, I want to work with you. Thank you for that. I, I do believe it. And, and, and then in my words, what you're saying is that knowing that your child's whole, like that they're good enough they, as they are. And so are you. So I, my, my takeaway would be that no matter who you're listening to. I don't, I really don't care who it is. Me, me included or yeah, Evelyn, yeah. right? Like you, you are the expert on you. 
And, and that's what's important to remember and that take everything with a grain of salt, right? There is no one size fits all for any parenting. And when you know that and you know that you can pick and choose what works for you, like that buffet style, you know, parenting, that that that's where it's at. Like there is no perfect way to parent. There's no perfect script, right? That's my big thing. You hear people tell you what to say and then you say it and you're like, I, I don't, this isn't Just, yeah, very awkward. Yeah. That never right. worked for me. Yeah, because, because it, yeah, no, like from a kid's, you're feeling so sad. My kids looked at me like, yeah, yeah you're I'm like, that's lying. why I'm upset you know, on the so floor. Like, yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, exactly. But like, you know what? There are parents, <laughs> yeah, but there are parents who they do it and it feels yeah. so authentic and real for them. But for me, my kids are like, who yeah. are you? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So I had. Yeah. So again, you're the expert of you, no matter who it is. I don't care who it is, right? You're the expert of you. Always tap back into that and know that you can pick and choose what works. I adore you ladies so, so much. (laughs) I really want to like jump through the computer and give both of you such a giant (laughs) hug. And next time I'm down by you, we all have to hang out. Evelyn, yeah, why we definitely will. Evelyn, tell everyone where they can find you and what's next for you. So you can find me either on my website, hatchandbloom.co or on, I'm always on my Instagram and my handles at Hatch and Bloom Co. And what is next for me? Oh gosh, if I could give you the list of the things that I wish I could, I, I, you know, I'm working on, I've been working on for a long time, but I am right now I'm doing one-on-one sessions, private clients, and I do webinars. I always announce them on Instagram and I am hoping to launch a podcast pretty soon inspired by you, Tara. Yay! <laughs> Oh, that makes me so happy to hear that. Thank you. I'm so excited. I didn't know that. Oh, you're going to have this with Erin on. Erin, oh we'll see if it comes to fruition because you know you and I talk about ideas all day long. But then maybe I'll have you guys back again for season two. So. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Erin, where can everyone find you and what's next? You can find me generally in the carpool line. That's where I am. But I, I'm always in the carpool line. I feel like that's where I live. It's like my mobile office is my car. No, my website is theconsciousmom.com. My handle is it's the conscious mom on Instagram. And what's next for me? You know what? I, I'm actually trying to subtract from my life right now. So I do see, you know, I see one-on-one clients. I see couples and I do webinars with Evelyn sometimes too. So you can find me on Instagram. I love DMs, like, you know, check in with me. Let me know what's going on with you. I, I love communicating with different parents. So I love it. Ladies, thank you so, so much for being here today. I appreciate you so much more than you even know. And thanks for coming on and we'll talk soon. Mwah. Bye. Thank thanks, you, Tara. Tara. Thanks, thanks Bye, for Evelyn. joining. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.